While much valuable Christian literature from prior centuries has been republished in recent years, the particular Baptists have been largely ignored. Yet, their contributions in the areas of biblical exegesis, theology, history, and practical Christian living have much to offer today's church. The particular Baptists have always demonstrated a firm and faithful commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ, its proclamation to all the world, and the inspiration, inerrancy, and absolute authority of all of Scripture. We at Particular Baptist Heritage Books desire to champion this God-glorifying, Christ-exalting, word-centered legacy by producing high-quality, handcrafted, hard-cased editions of Particular Baptist works, which we hope will endure for generations to come. Particular Baptist Heritage Books is a nonprofit publishing ministry founded in connection with a local church. With the help from an advisory board consisting of Calvinistic Baptist pastors and scholars, we seek to preserve the history, theology, and relevancy of our particular Baptist forebears by publishing and promoting their most important literary works. Our mission is to glorify God and to strengthen His church by furnishing Christians with the very best of the particular Baptist literary heritage. And so we invite you, come and deepen your Baptist roots at www.particularbaptistbooks.com www.particularbaptistbooks.com Welcome to another episode of The Pastor's Inbox on the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Once again, we continue our series on the public worship of God. We have had an episode on the regulative principle of worship. We've talked about the ordering of public worship. Uh, We did an episode on salutations and invocations and calling to worship. Our most recent episode before this one was on the public reading of Scripture. And now we come to uh, another type of prayer in the worship service of God, the confession of our sin to God. And not only um, the confession of sin, but we'll include in this title, Assurance of Pardon. So, uh, brothers, to kick off this episode on confession of sin and assurance of pardon, uh, do your churches have a part of the service that includes a prayer of confession of sin? And if so, what does this look like? Well, I'll I'll answer that. Our church does, yes, uh, include a public corporate confession of sin in our morning uh, worship service. Uh, We place it early uh, in the service, uh, usually following our first uh, hymn. We have the prayer of uh, invocation or call to worship, uh, then a first hymn, and then uh, we go to a corporate confession of sin. Um, While uh, I'm not going to say it is necessary, I wouldn't say that, for a church to have uh, a, or that a church must have a specially designated prayer of forgiveness, certainly prayer for forgiveness should be offered uh, at some point in some prayer when the people of God are met together. We are uh, told by our Lord in the model uh, prayer that we are to confess our sins. Uh, and uh, so I think that certainly should be part of corporate uh, worship. When we do it, and uh, one of the elders will lead the congregation 
we may confess sin in general. We sometimes will confess sin in particular. Sometimes our uh, prayer of confession is built around uh, the hymn. Say if we sing a hymn, uh, extolling the glory of God, then we may confess how far short we come in uh, recognizing God in his glory. Uh, sometimes the confession of sin may be built around uh, common uh, events that are taking uh, place publicly in the world at that time. Sometimes we will just take a passage of scripture that lists various sins and we'll name them and confess our own guilt, if not in the actual uh, commission uh, outwardly of those sins, at least they lurk in our hearts and live there. Um, on rare occasion, uh, we, or at least I know I have, have offered a, a few moments of silence for individuals in the congregation to, uh, to pray before the Lord. That's on a rare occasion because this is a public confession of sin, not private, but uh, I can think of one occasion at least where I allowed that and then followed it with the public uh, confession of sin. Um, I do think it's important, at least to me, uh, I don't just make it a form. We don't go through the same form week after week. We have uh, one elder may do it one Sunday, another one the next Sunday, and yet another, uh, another one the Sunday following. And uh, none of us just follow a set uh, prayer. Um, it needs to be fresh rather than just the same form week after week. Lee, you have anything you want to add to that? Well, I appreciate what you say there about it not being a set form, because obviously it needs to be from the heart. Uh, and I would say that we don't have it a set place in our service uh, for a, a, you know as a regular part of our service of, of okay, at this point we turn our attention to that. Uh, it, it would be uh, part of the pastoral prayer. I can't say that it's every service. However, I can say that that in the uh, pastoral prayer, which follows the uh, reading of Scripture, uh, then certain sins that are specified there, uh, I think is very right to confess mm -hmm. those. Uh, or maybe it's certain circumstances going on in the life of of yes. the, the church, uh, certain facets of where we really have dropped the ball, or or something of that nature. I think that that um, these things are are then rightly to be addressed uh, and publicly uh, confessed uh, before the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Well, very helpful for that first part of our conversation, um, brothers. In the second part of this conversation, we want to ask you, what is the theological significance of confessing our sin in the public worship of God? Yes, well, I would would start that by by saying because we're sinners, uh, and and we come recognizing that we're coming before a holy God, um, uh, and you know, First John one seven, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. Well, that walking in the light doesn't mean walking perfectly, uh, because there's still sin to be cleansed from, but it does mean. Uh, transparency. Now, obviously, that's not uh, simply for corporate worship. Uh, that's for all of us as the Lord's saved people. But we do find biblical warrant for that kind of public confession of sin. You got 
uh, Ezra, Ezra, Ezra chapter 9 or Nehemiah chapter 9, actually more than once in Nehemiah, you've got this corporate confessing. You've got Daniel 9, which admittedly that's not a public prayer, but he's still praying in, in the plural, we and our. Uh, you got Psalm 106, verse 6, we have sinned, or Psalm 90, verse 8, speaks of our iniquities. So we've got plenty of biblical warrant for confessing corporately, and I appreciate what Pastor Joe had just said. It's not the time typically for uh, a private confession, but rather we, our corporate sins or sins of which the Lord's people generally uh, mm -hmm. are guilty. If you want to talk of specifics or if we're going to leave it in the general, sure, we've all got sins uh, before the Lord of which we're guilty, other uh, occasions of unfaithfulness. Uh, Again, it's, it's praying in the corporate we, yes. our, because the pastor or whoever's leading that prayer is doing it as the mouthpiece of the church. It's not just himself confessing his own sins, but rather, again, voicing and leading the, the whole congregation before the throne of grace. Uh, I, I think it wouldn't be wrong to include national sins as well in confessing mm -hmm of sin, and we do that at times in the mm -hmm. uh, corporate prayer, the, the pastoral prayer. You know, you've got Ezra, Nehemiah, Daniel. That's what they're doing. Uh, they're, mm -hmm. Here are national sins uh, that are being confessed and seeing ourselves as part of this nation and, and uh, therefore entering in before God to confess and seek his mercy on behalf of our nation. Uh, Joe, uh, what would you add to that, brother? Well, as far as the theological significance of confessing sin in public, as you as you have shown, brother, uh, we have a scriptural warrant for the practice among God's people, uh, certainly in the Old Testament, but, but in the New Testament also. Uh, take the church at Corinth, whom Paul wrote a letter to them rebuking them for allowing sin in their midst. And then in the second letter to the Corinthians, he uh, commends them that they were made sorry and repented and I have to believe that there was some public confession of sin in the church at Corinth as the result of Paul's pointing out that sin to them. Uh, theologically, uh, the confession of sin is an admission, as you said, Brother Lee, that we, we remain sinners. We are justified. We are forgiven. But in the sight of our gracious Father, we're still sinful, erring children and we need forgiveness and restoration to his favor. So uh, we're at, at the corporate uh, confession of sin is, I trust not on the part certainly of the man who's leading it, but you hope that the whole congregation of believers is with him, giving a willing, heartfelt, humble uh, admission that we are in ourselves evil and undeserving. Uh, and certainly that type of humility is essential to any mm. kind of true approach to, to the Holy God of scripture. We are sinners. The corporate prayer of confession also acknowledges that God is the only one who can forgive us. He's the one we have sinned against. Uh, we as his children love him. We value his smile upon us. And so we need to come before him confessing, so that we may uh, walk in his continual cleansing and forgiveness and loving favor. And of course, included in every prayer of confession is an acknowledgement 
that we need a mediator mm. and that our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is that mediator. And uh, therefore we pray in his name. Amen. This last batch of questions is lumped together and we've kind of already answered this part of the question. So I don't really have to say if, but I'll answer, I'll ask it the way that I originally wrote it. So if your church has a formal part of the service where there's a confession of sin, even if it doesn't have a formal part, um, does it also include an assurance of pardon afterwards? And so for our listeners that aren't aware, perhaps it could be helpful uh, to answer what is the assurance of pardon and what is its theological significance? So I guess the question is, what is the assurance of pardon and how is it practiced? Uh, I can answer that one for, for us, for our church. We do give, following our confession of sin, an assurance of pardon. And the way we do that, we will usually state something along the lines of, if you have truly confessed your sin before God, because many of the, the lost people in the congregation have not done that. But if you have truly confessed your sin before God, and if you have truly looked and are looking only to Jesus Christ for pardon of those sins, then you can be assured and we'll usually quote some scripture uh, that indicates, that proves that God does forgive our sins. So if we confess, here's one that we use often, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And I love to uh, quote, quote the, the New Testament promise, the new covenant promise that uh, their sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. Mm -hmm. I also love to say at the end of the prayer of confession, son, cheer up. Mm -hmm. Your sins are forgiven you, which is what Jesus said to the man, uh, the palsied man who was lowered down through the broken up roof. So it's a joyful thing, a delightful thing to let people, the people of God know this. Uh, mm -hmm. Theologically, I think the benefits of, of the assurance of pardon uh, would be two. Number one, God's people need assurance of pardon. Yes. Many of them struggle. They've been struggling through the week. Some of them have been struggling with assurance. Uh, and, and they need to be reminded that Christ's redemption is effectual and forgiveness is real and that God is a loving father, not, not merely a judge waiting to beat them up, but an open, a father with open arms ready to receive them. And I like it that we're able to week by week say to any struggling saints uh, that which will make their hearts uh, regain confidence and, and rejoice. Yes, my sins are forgiven through the blood of my savior. Uh, and of course that comes only to those who make confession of sin seriously. And that's another benefit of, of this, uh, by being uh, very careful when we give the assurance of pardon, we're very careful. And in our description of who is actually being forgiven. And by doing so, we are reminding those in the congregation who are not in Christ that they are not forgiven. They are on the outside looking in. And of course, uh, it would be our hope that in making that important distinction, even the lost will be convicted of his or her own sins and of their own need of a savior. Hmm. So hopefully that answers at least in part, uh, brother Austin, your question, uh, brother Lee, anything you want to add to that? 
Well, yeah, so, you know, because of uh, our public confession of sin is typically in the uh, pastoral prayer, uh, upon following that, there, I would say almost invariably, if not invariably, uh, there will be reference to, you know, uh, the, the cleansing blood of Christ and our uh, acceptance in him uh, verses that are read because obviously you don't want to leave the people of God feeling low and mean without pointing them to Christ our sins yes. especially direct us to him and so you know even from the Old Testament like Psalm 103 that uh, God has not dealt with us uh, according to our sins uh, well uh, he has dealt with Christ according to our sins Amen. and therefore as far as the east is from the west so far as he removed our transgressions from us, or uh, Hebrews 10, 14, it's by that one offering that we've been perfected forever. Uh, and, and that is to say, in our acceptance with God, it cannot be improved upon because of that offering. Or Romans 5, about being justified by faith, we have peace with God. More than that, we've got this access uh, through faith in Christ into this grace in which we stand. And I understand that to uh, indicate how we stand immutably fixed in God's favor all because of Christ, uh, his suffering, his dying, his perfect righteousness imputed to us. So anytime I think there is a public confession of sin, yeah, we dare not leave it at that, but rather yep. here is Christ as our only hope. We look Amen. to him. Mm. Amen. Well, we hope that this conversation on the confession of, sh of sin and assurance of pardon has been helpful for you, um, especially in considering what to pray for in the public of worship of God, whether that's uh, a set amount of time where you have a specific prayer called the confession of sin, or whether you just confess your sin to God uh, as a pastor in the pastoral prayer. We hope you at least consider um, the theological significance of confession of sin and the theological significance of assurance of pardon in relation to the public worship of God by listening to this episode. Uh, we do encourage you to continue to submit your questions to pastors inbox at cbtseminary.org. And until next time, we wish you grace and peace.